Hello, everyone. Oof, and oof, and oof. It has been a while. First of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry that it took me till now to release brand new content for this year. Uh, spring semester really hit like a truck for me and the workload was quite immense. But now I find that I have more time on my hands because of self-isolation and social distancing. So I can devote more time to creating new content for T for 3. And honestly, it's a shame that it took a global pandemic to get my act together. But here we are. And I, I hope that you're managing to stay healthy and well and sane during this difficult time. It's been rough, but we'll get through it together. So before I play the episode, uh, I just want to say this episode was recorded literally a month ago. And it's about the Democratic primaries, but so much has happened in the past month, coronavirus aside, just even in terms of the primaries. Since last month, pretty much everyone dropped out except for Bernie, uh, Joe Biden, and Tulsi Gabbard. And a large chunk of the caucuses and primaries have already took place. Joe Biden is very much in the lead right now. So granted, a lot of the conversations we have may not necessarily be timely to now, but I still feel like there's a lot of insightful dialogue and conversation that occurs throughout the entire episode. And I feel like it's still important to share that with all of you. And with that being said, here is the latest episode of Tea for Three, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Hannah Kavanagh speaking, and welcome to yet another awesome episode of T43. We are back. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. I know that I missed the month of January. I'm sorry about that. I've been uber, uber busy. But now we are back and better than ever, folks. And I have two awesome friends of mine on the show with me today. The first one I'm going to introduce has actually been on this show before. We go way, way back. We met in high school. We do we were right next door to each other at Brookdale last year. Um, poli sci major, just an awesome, wonderfully talented, per talented person. I would love to give a warm welcome to Isabel Jen. How are you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> Weird to be back, but hey. it feels good. Yay, you know, awesome. Veteran. <laughs> All right, and so the next guest that I'm going to be introducing is new. Brand new folks. Um, he's actually fresh my off the press. fresh. Off the <laughs> fresh. <laughs> he's actually my outward bound Macaulay peer mentee. Um, well, he's a freshman majoring in English. Just a super awesome person. Uh, smart, politically active, the whole nine yards. I would love to give a warm welcome to Ethan Royce. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing great. Hey, <laughs> excited awesome. to be on the show. Yeah, excited to have you on here. All right, so the tea that we're going to be trying today is stash double spice chai black tea let's give a look at the description folks okay so usually i tend to read it centrally on the show that's the whole thing so there's going to be a lot of vocal fry that's okay okay <laughs> if you crave an extra spicy kick to your chai we made our double spice chai just for you Add a splash of milk, which unfortunately we don't have, and <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it wrong already. Gosh. And your choice of sweetener for truly exquisite spicy indulgence. And the ingredients are blended black teas, cinnamon, ginger root, clove bud oil, mm. allspice, natural cinnamon flavor, and cardamom oil. 
All right. Are we ready to try this bad boy? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Wow. That smells really, really good. I'm super duper excited. Yeah, it's your typical black tea color. All right. So usually what I tend to do is I don't like to scald my tongue, so I tend to just blow on it a little bit before yeah, tasting it. But yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll see how we like it, folks. Okay. How are you feeling about this tea? Um, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I think, uh, I think uh, the milk and the sweetener would sort of add to it. But Sorry. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> at, it's fir- at first I thought it was a little bland, but now that I'm drinking more, I have the kick. Yeah. I, I, got the, yeah. I, got, I get the double spice yeah. coming I feel like through. this is a smell party. Like, I'm smelling all these spices, right? Mm. But I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm tasting it as much. Mm. That's, That's true. That's the sense that I'm getting. The olfactory sense. It yeah. might be because it's, it's still pretty hot. Hmm. True. Maybe you need to give it some time. Yeah, the uh, it's like, it's pretty bland, but then like the aftertaste comes yeah. out. That's more yeah. spicy. I agree with that. So, Isabel, since you've been on the show before, wait, God, I forgot. What was the last tea we that we tried? Oh, I don't even God. remember. I there was like a toffee. Th- oh wait, it was it was rooibos, but it was like a toffee. One. It was sticky date delight. Oh yes. How would this compare to this tea? Oh my. I'd have to try it again. Again? Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed that tea, too. Yeah. Okay, fair. Nice. So, on a scale from 1 to 10, how would we rate this bad boy? Is 10 the best, or...? 10's, like, the best tea you've ever had, and okay. 1 is, like, oh, this is horrible. I'm, I'm feeling like a like a strong 6. Okay. Like a light 7, maybe. I'm leaning towards a 6 or a 7, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I, I would agree. say. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, stash. I I've had my fair share of stash, you know. Not to not to bash it stash, gets, it gets but the job done. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> they're, uh, it's not the yeah. highest caliber. Their their mint tea is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I've had that. I'd recommend that. Sorry, stash. Cool <laughs> Sorry, stash. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you did it this time, but you know I'm sure you'll you'll do better next time. It's okay. We believe in you. All right. <laughs> so. Now that we sipped the tea, we are going to be spilling the deets on the Democratic <laughs> oh, presidential God. primaries just as a whole. I mean, it's funny because we talked about this previously last year, but so much has happened. The last so time we much. this last time we did an episode on this, Pete Buttigieg didn't even officially announce his presidential run yet. That's how yeah. long ago it was. Kirsten while, yeah. Gillibrand was still in the race the last time we did this episode. Mm-hmm. Mayor de Blasio <laughs> was still in the race. There were two dozen candidates. Yes. De Blasio who? I definitely I definitely remember him being in the race yeah, well, when we talked, talked about, about it. it. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah. 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 Damn. So and we were la- I was laughing about it <laughs> because I was like, do your job, sir. Yes. <laughs> I know you're a lame duck mayor right now, but, Ooh. you know, because well, he can't run for another term, but. Yeah. His, like, his standout policy is, like, making uh, high schoolers go to school on snow days. Mm. <laughs> That's what you remembered for, I feel like. That is true. I remember really that. Um, at least in my in my zeitgeist <laughs> and yeah i guess uh, so much has happened um and i guess it's good to kind of just flash back and reminisce on that first so <laughs> i guess good the, old days. the good old days i guess <laughs> you know let's let's go back to last year we were freshies 
you were you were past your common apps. Um, um, so where did you think this race was going to go? Who were you rooting for last year? Has that changed at all for you guys? Yeah, where was your mindset? I think last year on the show, I was saying that I was rooting for Bernie. And I don't think that's changed that much. I have also come to really admire and respect Warren. And I did volunteer a little bit for her campaign, but like, obviously she's not doing that well um, so far in New Hampshire and Iowa. So we shall see if in the rest of the primaries, like what happens and, but Bernie has obviously is, has a very strong shot at the nomination. Yeah. Yeah, because he won the last two. Do you think Buttigieg could possibly take over and get that nomination over over Bernie? Um, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, uh, you know, there was some shenanigans going on in Iowa. Yeah. So I feel, oh, like, yeah. I feel like if he keeps, you know, oh. like CIAing the, the primaries, yeah. then possibly he could get the nomination. Damn, do you feel like that was rigged? Absolutely. It's not that in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, I remember, it's funny, I remember I was sitting up with my friend Claudia. Shout out to Claudia. She's on the first episode of this thing. Um, We were just doing homework, and we were like, oh, the Iowa caucuses are tonight. I guess we'll see what happens. And yeah, it turned out it was like three, four in the morning, and we heard nothing. No, yeah. And it just felt so weird to me when Buttigieg, I mean, granted, it does depend on the state and who, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm not as well-versed in politics as I initially thought, but I didn't think Buttigieg would be that close to Bernie in the, in the I Iowa caucus mean, I whatsoever. Like there's, like, there's a couple of things going on there. Like, yeah. like most importantly, he, um, well, like, two things. One, he gave his speech, like, thank you for, like, yeah. you know, my victory <laughs> before all the votes were in, which was, like, kind of sus. And then also, like, um, you know, Pete has, like, associations with uh, McKinley, which to an extent funded uh shadow which was the company yeah that, which it's called shadow also but That's like very um, so, <laughs> so I, I would like i remember i was watching the the primaries and i was just immediately like this is not something is going on here no for sure and it's almost like it's like comically transparent <laughs> Yeah, I think the first inkling I got that I'm like, maybe... This is, this is getting better as it cools down a little bit, yes, in my okay. opinion. That, mean, that means I gotta try it again. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm tasting more of the spices. It's getting better, yeah. Okay, so Approved. seven? Seven, maybe? I'd say seven. Rising yeah. up in yeah. the it's, it's, it's a solid seven for sorry, me now. Sorry, Stash. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry that we ever doubted you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I think the first inclination that I got that I'm like, maybe... Pete Buttigieg isn't my kind of candidate is when he hosted those huge like they called it playfully the wine, like the wine, the wine cave, cave. Yeah. <laughs> they went um, after him yeah and I mean I guess I'm a little torn with that because I think as a candidate it's, impo- it's kind of important to play your cards right and raise money for your campaign and if that's a way to do it that's a way to do it I'm a much bigger fan of the grassroots approach but I know that that's not for everyone and not a- not everyone can achieve that I think Bernie Sanders is probably like a rarity in that regard in my opinion but I was wondering like did you find that did you see that as like your first inclination of like oh this person might be sus or were you just like oh Pete whatever I mean that was yeah, that was to me like a red flag and he repeats that he's the only 
person on the debate stage who isn't a millionaire or a billionaire. So he's saying, like, it's a bit unfair if you say I can't do that, but then you have the money. I guess for me, like, Pete comes across as a little just inauthentic. Hmm. And yeah, I'd agree with that. I know this is not the greatest place to get your news from, but I think I was watching like SNL or Trevor Noah or something, mm-hmm. and they were joking around. Like, and I think it was Trevor Noah who was saying that Pete uh, <laughs> just sounds like a bot who's just like regurgitated <laughs> everything from like Barack Obama. Yeah, and like it sounds like um yeah. like some of his like like slogans are like it's when you're when you're like texting someone and there's like the little bar of suggested words and i feel like it's like if you just keep hitting the one in the middle for like like seven or eight words it's, yeah. like, it's like the shape of our democracy is you know authentic and it's like yeah. that doesn't mean anything fair um is it's is there anyone else that sticks out in your mind like candidate wise you're like oh i don't really trust this person to run this nation or you don't really trust well, what they're Bloomberg. saying Bloomberg, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely i'm like so i'm so angry that he's doing what he's doing and that he's running and uh just i was reading a new york times article um that my dad sent me and it was basically it was an op-ed the writer was going over bloomberg stop and frisk policies Mm -hmm. that he had as mayor of new york and they're really bad and the stuff he's said like on that's been on video where like all the crime is in uh black neighborhoods and that's where that's why we go there and that's why they're being targeted and actually like white people are being targeted too much That's literally what he said, and yeah. it's, like, the furthest from the truth. Um, and I just, like, it's hard because, like, in a democracy like this, it's kind of like, oh, it's really the freedom of whoever has the resources to campaign can campaign. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, it shouldn't be like this that he's, I mean, he's worth, like, $60 billion. He's yeah. already spent, like, $400 million on TV ads. Yeah. And yeah. that's why he's risen up in the polls, because he has the money to pay for ads. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like that, because, like, his, he's just, like, getting people to do the th- things he wants and to support him because of his money and because of, like, his promises to get them into office. And yeah. it's really <clears throat> gross. I think, um, I think Bloomberg is, like, more concerned about, uh, like... I think Bloomberg would be terrified by the idea of, like, a Bernie Sanders victory. Um, or, like, you know, even, like, if he got the nomination. Mm-hmm. I think, like, like honest to God, I think that, like, if Bloomberg got the nomination, like, he wouldn't necessarily care that much if Trump won. It's just he doesn't want, like, candidates who are, like, more progressive and want, like, you know, larger wealth taxes and stuff. Like, like stuff that would, like, directly impact him. Yeah, it's interesting because another thing that stuck out to me as well about him, like aside from everything that was said thus far was um i remember actually i took a tour of bloomberg headquarters for my journalism class oh i did that too where where is that it's actually 59th street yeah it's right lex yeah it's right near hunter yeah yeah. and oh my god the building is dripping in wealth and like (laughs) and then every all the coworkers get the ceilings are so high and Mm -hmm. it's all glass and Mm -hmm. the coworkers get free meals and i'm just like holy shoot 
geez. Yeah. And I remember when I was going on the tour, the main question that kept popping up was, that was asked by a bunch of the students was, oh yeah, so according to, so I heard that Bloomberg isn't going to cover Bloomberg's run in, cause you know, Bloomberg is also like a news outlet as well. Um, they would say, hey, so we heard that they're not going to report on Bloomberg's run for president. But then how can you report on the elections if you don't report on Bloomberg's run for president? Yeah, that makes sense. And they didn't really have a clear An answer. answer for that. It was more like a beat around the bush, like, oh, it's possible. And I'm thinking, it's like, is it really, though? It's like, uh, that feels like posturing. Like, oh, look how uh, transparent we are. We're not going to report on Bloomberg. Because that would be yeah. conflict of interest. <laughs> but it's like, then you're like, you're not doing justice. To- no, not at all. It's yeah, a dilemma that yeah, but, that his candidacy yeah, yeah is facing. There's a lot of ethical I don't know yeah implications. <clears throat> There's also um the whole thing about like, uh the South Brooklyn like development project that he did like throughout the early twenty like two thousands like mm-hmm. two thousand six onwards um, which like displaced like a lot of uh working class black and brown folks in like Fort Greene and and Red Hook and like those neighborhoods and stuff like that and like that. In of itself sort of reminds me of, like, Pete and, like, the whole, like, fiasco that yeah. went on in South Bend when he oh, was mayor. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I see a lot of similarities between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a weakness for Bloomberg amongst a multitude of other weaknesses, but I think the main one for Buttigieg could be that he's just, he won't get... He won't get the vote of black people because yeah. of everything that's happened in South Bend. they don't Bend. like him. The and, like, understandably and, so, Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just it's just like scary though because I mean I think he has gotten a few endorsements from um African Americans and also Bloomberg has as well from like I was just listening to the daily Me too <laughs> cuz they just did a special day yes. on Bloomberg and he got the endorsement of a progressive I think he was like a, he's like the mayor in California or something uh-huh. yeah. and it's because like because of his his wealth yeah. and mm-hmm. his power and influence and as long as he has some of the policies that they want they can look the other way with some of with his like very racist sexist background yeah yeah it's, it's like it feels like um like almost like tokenism you know what i mean like he's using his wealth to just like be like oh nominally like oh i have the support of black voters it was like sure. it was like when Pete did his. <laughs> I keep comparing the two of them, but like <laughs> it was like when Pete did his uh, his his victory speech before the Iowa caucus was over, and he had like all four black supporters like behind him, and oh then it was God. it was like a sea of like white faces, and then there's just like four black people in yeah. the front row. <laughs> well, granted, oh Iowa God. is extremely white, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and then I also yeah. I saw a thing on Twitter that was kind of interesting. It was like um it was one of the people who was like in that shot when they were recording him doing the mm-hmm. speech, and they were like um. Yeah, I'm black, and they they kept to- telling me to like get out of the way, um, wow. and like yeah, and like make myself less visible. I'm like that's not good. That's- no, not at all. That's rough. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. Another thing, it wasn't a surprise to me, but it was a surprise, oddly enough, to a bunch of people. Joe Biden did awful in the Iowa caucus, mm-hmm. and he did terrible in the New Hampshire primaries. Like, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but like, were we really? Were you really? Were you guys really all that surprised by that? Because I know a lot of people were. They're like, oh, a little bit. Huh. Yeah. I I think that um, the DNC is sort of like in the middle of like shifting their their backing from Biden to someone else. Or maybe Mm -hmm. it's already happened. So like 
you know, for a while I thought that they were going to run Biden because he was just sort of like a simple like centrist candidate. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't really like do anything. Um, yeah. And so I think that they're like in the middle of changing that. So Biden's drop in like popularity feels appropriate. Hmm. I think, yeah, that's it's interesting because now, well, now he's banking on South Carolina and Nevada. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I'm just very interested to see how that will pan out because basically it's like he's getting to his like watershed moment. If he doesn't like sweep those states, then I don't think he. I think he's done, essentially, because he's been saying all along, I have the African-American vote, and they're, like, the most powerful, one of the most powerful votes in the Democratic Party. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How do do we feel about uh, Tom Steyer? God, I don't... (laughs) He He just agrees with everything everyone says. Yeah, Yeah. it just kind of fades into the background for (laughs) me, because I don't... comical. I don't know... He does support a $22 minimum wage. Okay, Which that's pretty cool. That's pretty admirable. Yeah, I feel like he fades into the background for me. He joined, I feel like he joined the race a wee bit on the later side. I mean, so did Bloomberg, but yeah. Bloomberg already has like a prior history. Yeah. Tom Steyer's like, like he's eh. he's like almost cool because he he's like very like um, he's like very big on like climate change. It's like one of the central points of his campaign. Yeah. But like he's also like a billionaire, so he's not gonna like proactively do any of the things he says no. he's gonna do if yeah. he gets elected. He's like, let's all just get along. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've been I've been talking to a lot of my uh, family who, like, a lot of them are like boomers, and um, a lot of them are uh, they're for uh, Klobuchar. And that's which is kind of which is kind of interesting. My dad, yeah, my dad loves Klobuchar. Like, that feels like the like the dark horse, like you know what I mean, like coming out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, she really well because sure. her, her debate. Because I watched like the most recent debate, and do we she... have uh, more of this one? <laughs> oh, I can brew more if you want. I would love that. Actually, there might be. I think there's a wee bit left. Hold on, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll top you up. Thank you. Uh, Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Do you want more, Isabel, or... Oh, that's just a straight from the tea bag. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a straight from the I, have, I still have some left, but... Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see. I'm a very fast nice. drinker. <laughs> all good, all good. I have plenty of tea bags, so let me know if you want, like, a top-up. I could always boil more water. <laughs> awesome. Um, sorry, what were you saying about... Oh, I was saying that she did well yeah. in the last debate. And that's, like, what, pe- what people have been saying. That's what really uh, made her rise in the new hampshire primary Mm -hmm. so this is gonna sound really really terrible um i actually didn't watch the last debate because i've actually have a real excuse for this one i was on a retreat (laughs) and there was no electronic devices the the macaulay yeah yeah liam was telling me about that yeah it was awesome yeah oh i signed up for that they never like emailed me oh that's weird were you on the wait list maybe I don't know. That's so weird. I don't know. It was great, but was, that's good. Yeah, good but it was. Know. Yeah, I couldn't watch the debates okay. that night. I should have watched highlights though. But what? Mm. Yeah. But what about Klobuchar? I watched like, the whole thing. <laughs> you trooper. Yeah, tell, tell us because <laughs> yes. I, I didn't. I didn't watch Klobuchar. Well, like what I. She. I don't remember everything, but I just remember like her her closing statement was really strong because she was basically just going off of her point that if you don't want someone who's like too far out with their policies like i'm a good choice for you and you have a home with me Hmm. so she repeated that and she was kind of saying um this historical point of when fdr died there is there's this account of this farmer 
who, when FDR's body was, I guess, being driven across the United States, I think, in, like, a train or something, and he yeah. started crying. They, they did that with Lincoln, too. Yeah. yeah. And I guess someone asked him, like, why are you crying? You you didn't know him. but And then he was like, but he knew me. Hmm. Mm. He didn't know the Japanese-Americans that well, though. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> no. I feel like, no. just, like, like just like a blanketory I, I have to throw it out in there. The, well, first time I, the, first time, the first time I met um, Jennifer Robb, the Hunter president, I didn't oh. know like who she was, and we were at the student convocation at the Roosevelt House, and she was talking to me about um, like how like how much of like an SJW uh, FDR was. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he was like, I sure love like, civil rights when he like did all the internment camps for... Oh. Like oh yeah Americans. good for you for saying that though not a lot of people would say that that's good uh, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't yeah thanks yeah. good for calling her i definitely no i definitely agree. but yeah this was some anyway, white I'm farming sorry, I cut no off, it's yeah. it's fine <laughs> yeah. I, it's just a white it was a white farmer so as I, I mean for him <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> for him it was great <laughs> But he was the, he was well, the, we really he derailed was the, here. He was the predecessor. Well, we could bring it back. He knew me. <laughs> he so was the, he was hopefully Colbert won't do that stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. She was saying, like, I I don't know, I will, like, work for the everyman. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. I have, this is a random fun fact, and then I'll bring it back to the topic, I promise. This is a, this is a, <laughs> this is tangential. Tangential. Blech. So, there's actually a photo of... Lincoln's like body being kind of driven to New York like on the on the tour so everyone can mourn and so it's actually a famous iconic photo and then there's one building that's in the picture and there's a window on that building and there's a small boy that can be seen through the window of that building in that picture that was actually future president Theodore Roosevelt oh my God. as a little boy oh, in that photo yeah. yes <laughs> and then so it all comes full circle that's insane yeah I crazy thought, stuff I thought you were, I would have wanted to make a joke about like oh that boy grew up to be Joe Biden oh so yeah so I was actually going to bring it back that has nothing to do with what i'm going to say next um but it it seems like to me and i felt this way last year i still feel this way now even more strongly that there's just too many candidates running the party itself seems all over the place Mm -hmm. and fractured and scattered and it's not a good look and Mm -hmm. i don't know how we're going to agree on one party platform when you have centrists and leftists within that are both running like for that same position within the Democratic Party. So I guess what I wanted to ask you guys is who do you want to see like go out or give up? Like who do you think needs to just wrap it up and just make it easier for all of us? I mean the the optimist in me is like, oh, everybody who's not Bernie should just drop out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, realistically, I think Biden should drop out. I don't think he has like a realistic chance of grabbing the nomination at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be helpful. And uh, I, I hesitate to say Warren, but like I'm gonna like preemptively predict this and say that like her numbers aren't gonna be great hmm. in the upcoming yeah. caucuses. And so I think that that would also be cool because then like a lot of her supporters would probably go to Bernie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ethan, hopefully. Would, would you mind leaning in a wee bit? To yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, perfect. There we go. There we go. Cool. My bad. No, oh, good. You're fine. I agree, like ten, yeah, tentatively, because I really love Warren, mm-hmm. um, Me too. and I honestly like almost prefer her over Bernie a little bit. I don't know if it's unpopular opinion, but um, I mean, you you said you campaigned for it, right? I, so I would, yeah, I volunteered. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, for her. But I also did stuff for Bernie. So I think either of them would have my vote. Yeah. Those are my top two. I just feel that... Well, I mean, there's the whole, like... I don't really want to go into this, but there is the whole age thing. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That is kind of... I don't know. It's a little on my mind because I don't know if Bernie could do two terms. Yeah, I think... The, the thing that I say to that is, like, you know, worst case scenario, Bernie gets elected and then dies on, like, the first day of office. Like, he'll, <laughs> he'll have a vice president yeah, who exactly. probably will have the same platform as him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not, like, too concerned. I'm not concerned. Yeah. And also, I think just, like, the woman, like, having having a female president is just, like, very empowering. And it will be very empowering for a lot of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, to see that happen. Yeah. For sure. Because, like, Hillary was robbed of the presidency. Yeah. Yeah, though I wasn't a big fan of her anyway. I wasn't... I, I, I'm not I, a, a big I'm, fan I'm of like, her. I, don't, no. I do not like Hillary Clinton. No. No, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't either, but... <laughs> but I love when she was like, no Over one Trump. likes Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that documentary. She's like, no one likes um, him. It was yeah, so I, I'm more, so not right. Like, admittedly, this might be coming from, like, a place of privilege, but, like... Yeah. I think I'm more, like, personally, I'm more concerned with, like, getting someone in office who has, like, policies that I agree with and I think will be overall, like, a net benefit to society as Mm. opposed to, like, getting someone in who, like, will do stuff for, like, uh, the empowerment of, like, women if it's Warren or, like, Mm -hmm. if he gets elected, like, probably do good things for, like, the LGBTQ community. But, like, Mm -hmm. if their policies aren't great, like, that's sort of, like, I'm not going to emphasize identity politics. Like That's over. good. Yeah. Well, I think Warren is like a, also very progressive candidate, and she's had she has very like detailed policy proposals, which is why yeah, it's also why I do like her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because now the concern is that she is taking votes away from Bernie because yeah. they mm-hmm. are so similar and their True. voters overlap. Yeah. But I've had I've had some minor issues with her on the campaign. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, for me, like, I don't want this to get too heated because it shouldn't, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, no one's personally tied <laughs> to anyone. You know, the uh, Native American stuff wasn't great. That was, like, yeah, sort of, like... I didn't oh, like yeah. that either. That was kind of terrible. Uh, and then also, like, she was a Republican for yeah. a long time, which, like, that just sort of makes me a little uneasy. Um, hmm. And then lastly, like, the whole thing about, like, trying to, like, slander Bernie, like, mm. by, by, like, sort of, like, fabricating a narrative about him, like... yeah. You know what I mean? I think that her platform is, like, sort of similar to Bernie, mm-hmm. but, like, in my heart, I don't trust her to, like, go through on it if she gets elected, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I guess... I don't know. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, we'll it's, it's a, different opinions. I think, yeah, yeah, I think we'd probably... I don't know. I I feel like... I feel like she would I just figured deliver. I'd throw my two cents in. Yeah. But, um... I think if either one of them gets elected, they're yeah. gonna have a pretty hard time with, uh, like, the Senate and Congress and stuff like well, that. Well, that's why we gotta flip... The Senate? Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's really hard. I think that the thing is, I love Warren and Sanders. I mean, Sanders a wee bit more than Warren, personally. Mm -hmm. The main thing I'm really worried about is that a lot of times when people think of them, they think communism and socialism. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, that's bad. And that's... uh, it's tough. I it's, mean, it's like, how can you convince? I mean, not that it's our jobs, but how can they properly convince people that these are policies that are going to work for everyone rather yeah. than, oh, 
bad communism yeah you know? i guess i should put i should put all my cards on the table um i, I am i am like a socialist um I'm, yeah and so yeah I, I feel like that's probably obvious from my ramblings on instagram about politics but like um <laughs> Like, I think that the way to sort of go about that, like, both with Warren and Sanders, or just, like, generally, like, a like a left-wing populist candidate, um, is just sort of, like, building class consciousness with, like, rural voters in, like, the Midwest and the South and stuff like that. Because, like, you, you can get to people like that if you, like, use the right um, optics when you're talking to voters and you're like, oh, like... You don't want, like, big businesses controlling America, you know, not looking out for, like, the little man and, like, you know, the government, like, cooperating with them and, like, screwing you over. Like, people do resonate with that, you know what I mean? Even if they have, like, diametrically opposed, like, social views and stuff like that. And so I think that it's important to sort of, like, emphasize that when you're campaigning because we do have sort of, like, a fear of, like, left-wing candidates in the U.S., yeah, sure. I mean, it, yeah, it's deeply ingrained. Yeah, I, like, I think uh, Bernie could realistically run as like a centrist in like Europe, I think. <laughs> and like it wouldn't That's be true. it wouldn't be like a whole thing about like he's a communist you know what yeah. i mean no because a lot of <laughs> yeah a lot of europe already yeah. has like his or like, policies yeah or like in like mexico he would be like a right winger <laughs> 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 which is very funny to think about but yeah. <laughs> oh my lord i mean it's because i've been i've been thinking about that particular instance instance a lot in terms mm-hmm. of people associating socialism and communism with something terrible yeah. mainly because with trump's presidency the economy has kind of been really good which is i mean i'm not i don't support him whatsoever yeah, i'm just saying I mean, a fact but, but like, like it has the, been good like the thing about and, that is like when the economy is like good it usually means like wall street is doing well true you know what i mean but people but there's also people there's, there's in economic the working, growth yeah, yeah. There's also people in the working class that can interpret that as, oh, he's putting money in my pocket, whatever. And all they need to do is, like, see stocks go up, see the economic boom. Yeah, yeah, voters are very myopic, I feel like. Yeah. But he... People vote based on the dollar. He fabricates so much. Like, he does. He he talks about it like there was no Obama. He came in right when the recession hit under Bush. And he saved everyone. He did. Obama did, yeah. Obama was the one who saved the economy, not you. You just profited off of it. And just because you're growing it now, you're saying that you did all the work. And he's honestly out of control because, I mean, everyone knows this, but he's the one who's been tweeting and saying that socialism and communism is bad and that Bernie's a socialist and how could you ever vote for someone like that? And so he is basically brainwashing a lot of the country into these beliefs and it's like it's very damaging mm-hmm. definitely that's no, yeah. rough yeah i agree with that and it's funny because i remember i was talking to my mom and my mom was talking to my mom was saying that she was talking to a friend of hers i will not disclose their name of course. because <laughs> you know but they were saying that you know they're like oh my god my 401k under trump has never looked better and if that's the way things are going i mean yeah i might actually vote for him next time and i'm just like whoa yeah i mean like i i guess i guess i'm sort of like a defeatist in the sense that like i think regard like it's, this is sort of the thing you were talking about earlier where the party yeah. is like very fractured for like, sure i mm-hmm. i kind of think that like whoever gets the nomination trump is gonna win i, I kind of think so too yeah I know. It's it's a little upsetting to say that, but like, I get, yeah. yeah. What do you what do you Sorry, think? Sorry, Isabel. Isabel. No, I mean we're <laughs> we're like all so dismayed. Oh, I'm 
I'm like devastated, and I hope that they <laughs> never come. That's not true. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I, I like to hold yeah. out hope. Please, dear God. Okay. <laughs> I won't say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but yeah, no, it is. It is very troubling that everyone is united behind Trump, and we can't get our act together. Yeah, I mean, and that's, it's still infighting, that's, and it's such a waste of yeah, time. Yeah, that's like a that's a really old problem in politics. It's yeah. like like generally speaking the right sort of i don't want to call it a monolith but like they have like similar goals and values and stuff like that and so they can sort of like rally behind their guy mm-hmm. uh, so to speak whereas like the left has always been like a very fractured like political force for sure because mm-hmm. it's like i was talking with my friends and the way they explained it was like there's there's a lot of different ways to try and do the right thing and that's why the left is so like all over mm-hmm. the place it's mm, interesting I think another thing that plays a role is the whole idea of, like, of PACs, like PACs, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is, if I'm not mistaken, was initially, like, a conservative idea. Yeah. That's kind of... I know, uh, was Romney big on that? I forget. I wouldn't be surprised if he were. I feel like he was, like, I I could be completely wrong, but I feel like he was one of the... The new hero of the line. I feel like, oh yeah, (laughs) comrade Mitt Romney. (laughs) That's a wee wee shame. (laughs) <laughs> oh, poor Romney. Good, uh, go, good, good for him for going it alone. I, yeah. I applaud him one hundred percent. Well, yeah. he's basically like at the, he's close to the end of his career. Per, yeah, his career. He doesn't really care anymore. At this yeah, point. yeah. I just wish other people wouldn't care. That's <laughs> like, sure. a, I was on Twitter and I was looking at um, like Donald Trump Jr. was tweeting about like oh. De Blasio and like how like broken the MTA is and stuff like that because people were talking about like the FTP protests that have been going on in the city. Oh yeah, um, that was bad. Which I've been going to and they're they're great. So I'm like, oh my god, is is Donald Trump Jr. like a comrade now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no. like going after the MTA. <laughs> oh man. So this is obviously like a really hard question that can't be solved in a sentence or a sitting or but what do you think can be done about the party fractured like the state of the party right now what can be done to patch things up is it too late at this point i mean i was talking to uh do you want to go first no you can go okay yeah i was i was talking to some of my friends about this and one of them was uh talking about do you know ari uh, he's the one who said Hunter. He's like a uh, white guy with a beard. He's like always handing out like socialist like pamphlets. Yeah, I know Ari. I had a class with him yeah, last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. So he was talking to me about it, and he was like, um, you know, Ocasio Cortez gave that speech where she was like, oh, like you know, in another country, like Bernie and I wouldn't be in the same. I mean, uh, Biden and I wouldn't be in the same political party. Mm-hmm. Yet here we are, um, and so it's like maybe like consider that. You know what I mean? Like maybe you know, but like the the problem that with that is like the Republican Party won't break up. If the Democratic Party splits into two separate things with, like, a centrist faction and, like, a progressive faction, the Republican Party will stay consistent and, like, strong and centralized. And so, yeah, I don't... I don't honestly, I really don't know what to do. That's, like, one take on it, but maybe it's just, like, the cynic in me where I'm like, that's not gonna work, I don't think. Fair, yeah. I guess I would agree that, yeah, I wouldn't... Because it would just split us the, up more. Yeah, it would yeah. just... Oh yeah. my gosh. I think that this election might be telling to like regardless of what happens, I think that the DNC is going to need to like reevaluate what their platform is and how they're doing things. Yeah. Like especially if Trump wins. I I think the best scenario 
not the best scenario, but like the best scenario for like progressives is like besides Warren or Sanders winning is if a centrist gets nominated and then loses really badly because then the DNC might need to reevaluate itself and be like, maybe we should more like we should normalize more left wing policies. For sure. I'm kind of wondering what their because the party platform, of course, is set every four years. I'm wondering what the new one's going to be this year. I don't think they come up with it until maybe like June or July. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm wondering what where they're going to go with it. I have a funny feeling they might skew a wee bit more to the left considering what happened four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, That would be the smart move, but... I don't have faith in them. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just, like, yeah, I also get to your point, like, if a centrist gets dominated and loses, like, yes, it would, it would definitely be a wake-up call, but I don't... I just, like, don't want that, another test run yeah, of, that, like, that four goes, years. That goes, I guess yeah. that, I should say that that scenario goes hand-in-hand hand with my thing that I said about how, like, I think Trump's going to win either way. Yeah. So what is the best setup now? That's true. Mm-hmm. It's um, just scary because he has Republicans in the palm of his hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got the uh, he's I, got the evangelical vote pretty solid, which is, like, a really, really big voting block uh, <laughs> in the country. I, <laughs> no. And it's just, like, Unfortunately. It's, yeah. it's, like, ridiculous because he's anything but. Yeah. <sighs> well, he's got Pence. And yes. that's, like, part of it. He has Pence. And, like, a lot of, like, evangelicals, like, like not that they're single-issue voters, but, like, they kind of do gravitate towards Israel stuff a lot because they're kind of, like, a little, like, cultist and they're like, oh, Israel is, like, the fulfillment of, like, biblical yeah. prophecy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like, the establishment of Israel. It's, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> That's like a whole other thing, jeez. Yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't have to do Israel no, it's today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a great topic for another time, though. But yeah. like, there's so much to delve into. I would, with that. I would love to come on for yes. that, that episode. Yeah, I have I'll be on of, for that one. I have a lot of interesting takes on that. For sure. Mm. Um, I guess I've, I was trying to. I've been trying to think about this because there's a lot of candidates that have dropped out since you know this was last touched upon on T for Three last year. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Gillibrand, who? Uh, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard still in the race for some reason, like but kind of just yeah. on the outskirt, outskirts. I liked um, her like for a bit, not enough to be like this is the person I'm supporting, but like, yeah. for a while I was like she's not that bad for sure. Um, so yeah, she's kind of on the outskirts. Uh, Cory Booker's out. Kamala Harris is out. Yeah, um, Did, is Yang out? Yang, yeah. is out? Yang is out. Yang is yeah. out. After New Hampshire, he was like, I can't take any more of your money. Yeah, because we're not gonna win, yeah. and I'm the money guy, so. Yeah. 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 Um, who else? Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about him. Jeez. Oh, God. It's like, there was like a time when like I could not distinguish between him and Pete. Yeah. I was just like, they're like the same person. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, though, is there any candidate out of that budget that you were like, oh, people were sleeping on this candidate. Like they should have gotten a fair shot or they were robbed. Um, so I'm not like, do you have anyone? Not really. I was yeah. gonna say I uh, I'm not really like the biggest fan of uh, UBI as like a concept, but I really think that Yang got really unfairly treated. Agreed. Um, by the That's DNC, true. by liberal like media like MSNBC and mm-hmm. CNN and stuff like that. He deserved better, I think. He barely got to talk during the debate. Oh, they yeah. didn't give him enough airtime. Yeah. Maybe not like sleeping on him so much as like that wasn't fair yeah. on them to like not give him a platform sure. when he had pretty significant numbers at some points. Mm-hmm. I actually um I actually saw him speak. Oh. Yeah. What was that like? It was it was pretty good. He was just talking about his policies and I mean yeah, it was back when he was still running, but um Yeah. Where did you, you see him? 
Um, I was in Boston, and he was speaking at the public library oh, cool. there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it was just more of a very, like, informal. He was, because they have, like, a radio station in the library. Mm-hmm. So he was just doing a interview with someone at the radio station. And it really was cool, just, though. like, a free, yeah. yeah t- and it was, like, so random. I didn't know he was going to be there. And then I was with my friend, and then... She was just like, oh, look, like, there's Andrew Yang. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> this is stuff that I'm interested in, so let's, like, let's, let's go. Let's do it, yeah. Yeah, so it, that was cool. And people, of course, like, waited to take pictures with him at the end and whatever. But hmm. I kind of went back and forth between liking him, not liking him. I don't know. I think I agree with, yeah, he didn't get a fair shake, but... I don't think he would be my pick for president at the same time. Yeah, yeah I don't so. think so. I'm pretty happy with the candidates that are still running thus far. There's not anyone that's dropped out that I'm like, oh, we should. Other than, well, Yang should have gotten just more airtime in general. Mm-hmm. Like, we could all agree on yeah, that. But yeah, in I terms agree. of, like, who I who I would truly miss and thought, oh, like, we could have had a chance if this person didn't. I mean, I can't really think of anyone, honestly. Yeah. It was funny to watch how quickly Joe Ren's campaign just spiraled into yeah like (laughs) into complete obscurity man i just was good because like she was sort of dishonest and disingenuous to like her constituents like i'm not gonna run for president and then like two days later she was like i'm running for president yeah yeah Yeah, and then there was... Don't even get me started on Marion Williamson. I'm just gonna... Anyway. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my gosh. That was, a, that was a time. That was definitely a time. That. It was very, like... It felt like a fever dream. <laughs> like, whenever I'd hear her speak, I'm like, what is going on? We need, we need to fight Trump's psychic... Dark yeah, psychic dark powers. Energy. It got, like... It got, like, kind of... Like, I was, like... It got to the point where I was, like, looking forward to watching the debates, like, just yes. for her. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah, the two me. days... Because it was like two dozen candidates. Like, yeah, it's not the two days. Two days. I That's right. Back in, um, back in 2016, uh, my mom actually thought that uh, Cory Booker was going to be like a big deal mm. in 2020. Um, and he did run, but he it's just no. didn't really, yeah. It's kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Yeah, he was a lot of just like, let's run on love and unity and all that. But like, I think people are too fired up at this point <laughs> for yeah. that. They're yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, I, the- I also like, I never really like heard any of his policies no. when he was speaking no. which is similar to pete kind of he like, blended in a wee bit too much with everyone and i think the other issue that i had with him is that he oh he really does upsell the oh i was brought up in, in newark and, oh yeah the but hood. really <laughs> in the hood <laughs> but like, i still live there but he went to stanford did like, he really yeah, yeah. like he's Okay. He comes from like a fairly privileged background. Yeah. It wasn't like he was slummeted over yeah, here, yeah, yeah. you know. That's, so that's okay. where I'm like, okay, that's, that's a little, that's a little weird. Well, that, and it's similar to that's what pissing me off about Pete. Like he's also like, I'm Midwesterner. He's like, I'm a man of the people. Like, yeah. You went to Harvard. You went to Harvard. You're a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah. I, also, I there was a. Pete. I don't know if you heard, but there was a whole thing where it was like, I'm not. I'm gonna get the specifics of this wrong. I'm making like a caricature of what actually happened. But it was like, it was like apparently he was only in Afghanistan for like three weeks and he was just doing like IT stuff. <laughs> no way. Oh, I think so, yeah. God. Oh my god, I really have to check that now. <laughs> 
that's like that's like probably the exaggerated version of like what happened that's but it was great. like it's like his narrative about like being like a veteran is sort of disingenuous Jesus. Um, and that came out recently that was circling a lot in like oh, left of wow. circles that I tried yikes that's once bad. you run for president nothing uh, nothing, nothing is safe, nothing yeah. Yeah. no um, which I thought that was very funny oh god because I feel like Pete he wants to keep things under wraps it's just like who does nope. well because he, he wants to appear like the perfect like yeah. candidate he's like I went to Harvard I'm also from the Midwest um, yeah. I, I went to Afghanistan I'm like some American <laughs> yeah. fever I was dream a, yeah, of like the, the soybean <laughs> farmers love yeah. me <laughs> That was, that was I, ro- truly, I rose from the ashes. What a, yeah. what, a, what a powerful voting block that no one saw coming was the soybean farmers. Yes. Everybody was like kissing their feet throughout all Except, the first couple of debates. I was going to say, so the next debate is coming up. It's happening tomorrow, but by the time we record this, it's going to already be done. At, what, at eight? No, I mean it's because I'm I'm releasing this no, probably no, I mean, on like, Friday. When it's starting, mm. I think it it's when, Yeah, well, I think it's Wednesday at eight. All right, I'm just yeah, gonna, we'll I'm, be in I'm rehearsal just gonna, just, in Las Vegas. I'm just gonna preemptively. Oh. I'm just yeah. gonna Party. preemptively say Bloomberg, uh, you did bad. <laughs> you did very poorly. I want to see them go after him. I hope yeah. they gang up on him yeah. so much. Well, last, you last time I'll like, I'll like unironically like root for Pete if he starts like going after like Bloomberg. <laughs> Um, but is there Just any like, like an hour. <laughs> is there any particular predictions that you have, or is there any is there any hopes that you have for this debate that's happening tomorrow? But at the time I release this, it already happened. I hope they gang up on Bloomberg. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they will. Yeah, I think and so I f- too. And I feel like there'll be more of ganging up on Buttigieg. Yeah, I hope we get some Pete Bernie action. Yeah. That would be exciting. Yeah. I think the the whole like Iowa caucus thing will definitely come up. Play. Yeah. That will definitely come up. And Biden up. will get some heat because he's been thought of as the front runner for this whole time and, and then yeah he just dropped off he's just yeah. fourth place like yeah, yeah. i mean like if you want to yeah. if you want to talk about like the age problem biden is like yeah he's really struggling sometimes. he's gonna get lost in the fray well yeah. that's for why sure. that's why people are losing yeah. their faith in him yeah. because he's just he's like reagan like in his in his second term yeah <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> just like, just, like struggling right. yeah everything's, everything's really nice out today yeah <laughs> No, there's the whole like inappropriate touching and hugs. Yeah, that's there's also the horrible. Whole, yeah, that's I, so weird. I mean, I mean, we didn't even bring that up, but like that's that's oh, bad. Yeah. That's I, a bad one. I don't one. like Joe Biden. <laughs> um, there's the whole. I, there's one quote that sticks out to me so much when he said, "Rich children deserve to have the same rights as, as black, black children." children yeah. That's a bad one. Yeah, that that's was a, pretty. That's an awful one. Um, there's just so many good. blunders. Apparently, he like he yelled at a potential voter during his campaign trail. Like, I think he was making fun of him or something. He called him a name, and people were like, okay, that's quite enough. Yeah. Just, like, we things like the, that. The thing about rich voters and black voters was, like... That was bad. It was bad, but I was also kind of laughing a little bit because I was like, it's like that is sort of how, like, wealth distribution manifests itself yes. in the United States. <laughs> no, it is. There's, like, some, yeah. like, weird, like, hint of truth to what he's saying, but it's still, like, a really terrible really bad. take. Yeah. I feel like that's the worst Freudian slip you could ever have on a campaign trail. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, really yeah. That's bad. Pretty, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't strike confidence. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and I guess, yeah, I guess the final question that I have for you guys is... You know, I feel like we briefly touched upon the reality, right? Like what we think will probably happen in 2020. Yeah. I know how you feel about it. We briefly touched upon it. Yeah. Um, but what about we elaborate on that and then also maybe talk about 
what we hope this 2020 election will bring by the end of the year. Like, what do we hope to see? What policies do we think will be implemented or that we hope will be implemented if the candidate that we want actually gets in? Like, what do you envision? Well, it's a hard one. Yeah, I guess it's like multifaceted. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm trying to collect my thoughts. What I was thinking is that in 2016, we all could not vote. Yeah. So m- my hope is that people our age are, will vote and <laughs> will come out in large numbers, yeah. which I think will help. I'm just also I was thinking like another devastating aspect of if Trump uh becomes gets another term like ruth Bader ginsburg is not going to be able to hold out another four years yeah that's not gonna be good and that's it's that's gonna be that's gonna be really bad yeah yeah so (laughs) i don't know there's just it's it's a lot of doom it's so terrible the way that that all worked out with with kavanaugh because um yeah oh it's so gross because like really it was just the republicans being like we are not going to respect the democratic process and and like approve anyone that obama like nominates and Mm -hmm. then they just they like stalled it until they could get someone it's like it's it's like it's so absurdly transparent that they just like do not care no mitch mcconnell does not care yeah he embraces it he's 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 like yeah i know i'm evil like so (laughs) what i'm leading this republican party to glory yeah yeah and like i'm doing Trump's bidding and that's all well and good because yeah. we have power now and the Democrats are seething and we love yeah. to see it. That's why I like there's the whole thing that Obama talked about a lot where it's like, oh, you know, they go low and we go high. It's like, I don't know, because that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Anymore, Clearly, I feel like. But does the flip side of it work as well? I mean, with like, for example, I watched the State of the Union address. Oh. Shocked when Nancy Pelosi ripped up the 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 State of the Union speech. Can That's we, not really a they go low, we go high talk at about all. that for a minute? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah so, that's irrelevant. Let's do um, it. Let's go. The, that infuriated me. <laughs> no, because it, it set um, us back a little bit, if anything. Because for me, that was like, and I say this, I'm attacking her from the left. I don't want to make it sound like I'm attacking her from the right. But like, <laughs> that was like sort of like, that was sort of like the perfect like textbook definition of liberalism where Pelosi actively voted for like funding of ICE when the internment camps were happening on the Mexican border. She mm-hmm. approved Trump's like military budget uptick and then it's like, oh, she rips up his speech and then all the like white liberals on Twitter are like, oh my God, like, you know, he's so crazy. Um, and it's like, you, you are not, you are not doing anything to help people. This is a purely theatrical gesture. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I think it. Yeah, I, I was very upset yeah, when that happened. It, it doesn't. I just don't think it looks good on her part. And just from an objective perspective, it's it, it can be seen as fairly petty, like what she did. Yeah. yeah. Um. It doesn't. It doesn't make us look good, at yeah. all. Well, it's supposed no. to. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, oh, like Trump does all these ridiculous things on TV and uses up airtime, and she did it purposely yeah. so it would be broadcasted everywhere, and. I mean, I guess, like, like, her point was a lot of that, most I, of that stuff was a lie. Yeah, I appreciate I, yeah. the gesture, like, <clears throat> like in of itself. It's just mm-hmm. that, like, her her time in office has not at all reflected, like, that she really has any, like, tangible opposition to him. Mm, I mean, I mean, I could like, argue the, the, she, the, impeachment, the impeachment. Yeah, but, like it, <laughs> like, it took so long for Democrats to be like, we need to try and impeach him, Fair. I feel like. Like, relative to, like, how long he's been in office. 
yeah, that was there um, were, there were there, for me at least there were like things that happened that were like impeachment worthy before the whole like Ukraine scandal. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that Democrats just sort of were like, well, that's you know it's whatever. Well, the whole Russian interference. I mean, that's that, I feel like that's evidence enough right there. But yeah. But I mean, I think, geez, in terms of what I think is going to happen. I mean, we talked about it. I think Trump will probably get another term, which really sucks. Yeah. Because the party's just too fractured and it doesn't know what the hell it's doing. Yeah, um, it's going to be really rough on, and um, then, on immigrant yeah, communities, definitely. Unfortunately. I think in an ideal world, um, yeah, I guess I would love if Sanders became president, obviously. I think we're all in the same boat here. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just hoping he just... I want him to advocate for... The rights of immigrants, of course, because I feel like they've they've been bearing the brunt of this whole thing. They have, yeah. Um, yeah. So my mom works for the like city council, and mm-hmm. like she was saying, how people are just literally getting taken off the street. Yeah, yeah. Without awesome. like any. There was warning. a ice. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but there was like a shooting two weeks ago where ice just like shot a guy in Brooklyn that they were like trying oh. to detain. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, I didn't in know the that face, either. Actually, <laughs> well, I know that uh, Trump, you know, singled out sanctuary cities and like we're going in, like yeah. yeah. This is like yeah, and, and of course you have the whole thing where it's like the NYPD is just sort of like awesome, love that, um, keep doing that, which is not reassuring um, for me at least. No, not at all. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know if this is like this is a little bit also like off track, and I don't know if we want to really get into this, so it's controversial, but we can take a second. We can, yeah, it's but okay. My so my roommate was talking about this with me, and about sanctuary cities, and she was saying that she's against sanctuary cities because, interesting uh i think I, I don't know i don't i don't think i yeah i don't think i fully i don't agree with her but um she was just saying that like immigrants shouldn't be allowed to just come in here and like be like safe and just like that's so like nativist like, illegal, that is. yeah legal immigrants shouldn't be able to just come in like, here like the like crossing the border is like the same level of like misendeavor as as like um using illegal fireworks so it's like that's like the argument i like to use a lot where it's like mm-hmm. would you send someone who used illegal fireworks to like an internment camp on the border with like no adequate like food water like you mm-hmm. know toilet toiletry that kind of stuff um and the answer is no hopefully yeah, um, yeah. so like yeah, that's that's like a terrible yeah. opinion. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was I a little taken aback. Yeah. Yeah. She also loves Elon Musk. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that feels <laughs> so. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, who's your roommate? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with talking about sanctuary cities mm-hmm. for a wee bit. Um, I'm a firm believer in it. First of all, it's really in a way it's really hard to actually get the proper papers especially now um Absolutely. whether it be like seeking asylum or just you know getting a green card to like work here or stay yeah, here yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just really really hard now yeah. and sometimes people are escaping from dire situations yeah like maybe they're being like abused and they just need somewhere to escape and go and yeah. the first place they thought of was here yeah so there's just so many different dynamics to it it's tough to say Oof, yeah, geez. Um, and I guess another thing that I hope in this ideal world in which... Green New Deal. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I was going to say. I was going to get to the... I was going to get to the... um, A little more hopeful. To addressing climate change, yeah. Yeah. That'd be the best scenario, probably. 
No, for sure, for sure. Green New Deal passed. Oh, that'd be amazing. I wish that oh we, I wish we lived in the world that like conservatives think we live in, where like Obama did like world communism and like the Green New Deal is this like <laughs> is this like program to like turn like the U.S. into like a like yeah. crazy like socialist <laughs> utopia <laughs> instead of just yeah. like trying to cut back a little bit on carbon emissions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we did have a new deal <laughs> yeah you know and it saved the country so maybe there's something there yeah in it but also like um i think medicare for all yeah would be very helpful Absolutely. yeah because yeah. insurance yeah. companies are awful yeah I, awful. I i really i really hate the like this is a whole nother thing that i don't think we really have time to get into but like i really hate the whole concept of like oh medicare for like all who want it you know what i mean because you can't have like competing public and private sectors um, mm-hmm. for that kind of thing and how yeah. to be effective and productive. I never got, because I know, because I know Buttigieg is on board with the whole Medicare for all if they yeah, want it. Yeah. And a lot of candidates are. I think Klobuchar is the same. It's because they have like business interests. Like, for sure. They have like money in their pockets from insurance companies. Because it doesn't make, because for me that doesn't make any sense it doesn't yeah like of course if there's free public health care like of course people are going to go for the free option because it makes and sense people have talked to me about like um like i've heard like two takes where it's like one is like oh would you be willing to take a drop in your insurance um you know quality to like have medicare it's like you're misunderstanding the the problem here yeah like, it's not like i would like be on medicare and then like all of a sudden my doctor is like someone who like just graduated from like med school like yesterday and like has no idea what the hell he's doing. Like, (laughs) and then the other thing is, um, uh, like people talking about, you know, uh, like, Oh, some people like their work insurance. I hear that one a lot, like in debates and stuff like that. Um, and you know, that's fine, but this might be a little bit of like a hot take, but like if there's a policy that like is an is like an objective net benefit for everybody in society Mm -hmm. the democratic mandate of people being like i like my work health insurance like isn't that important to me Mm -hmm. for sure yeah it's funny how a lot of people fear it direct government involvement in certain like sectors of life yeah and i feel like that's such an ingrained american value especially like even during like even a little bit after colonial times people were like oh we want local and state governments to be separate from the federal we Mm -hmm. don't want them to intervene yeah and there's still kind of hints of that there but i don't know i personally don't see the problem with that like the new deal pulled us out of the great depression direct government involvement and that worked so well so and it's like no what no country has ever done this before like we're in uncharted territory it's like so many countries have we're like we're one of the only like developed countries on earth without socialized healthcare. yeah so it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous terrible. we're, the way we're it's like the painted. outlier yeah which is why i really like um trump's like sort of like irredentism like drives me insane because it's like um it's like oh like he 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 postures in a way where it's like not only are we right and everybody else is wrong but like this is how everybody should be doing it and like you guys are all just idiots and it's like that's not accurate like if all the developed countries in the world are doing the same thing and then there's one that like doesn't like that's probably indicative of them for sure more than everybody else true true there's always the whole argument that people bring up and it's funny because everyone always brings this up against bernie when bernie always argues for medicare for all and i've noticed that in the debates where you know bernie will bring up canada and they'll be like yeah but canada has like 
Oh God, I'm, this is I'm, this is a shot in the dark. Like Canada has sixty, like a, a population of sixty million, and we have like three hundred something million. Mm-hmm. And so, how are we going to sustain this? And personally, it's silly. Like obviously, it we goes also, back we also to, have a bigger government than Canada. Yeah, because yeah. we have more people than Canada. That's like exactly. how that works. It's not like the government of Canada and our government are like the exact same size no. <laughs> and like serve the same like material. Condition, yeah. you know what I mean. But that's always the number one argument that comes up. It's like, that's yeah, like, but all those countries are smaller yeah, than ours. Of course like, they can do it you i know? think the reason people talk about that is like um it's like a tenet of like neoliberalism is that policies are universal and that they'll work anywhere or like won't work anywhere and it doesn't account for the fact that there are like material conditions that are different in canada versus the u.s well know? and it's it's also like the whole i mean the deeply ingrained belief in like american exceptionalism yeah like mm-hmm. we are different from everyone else yeah, 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 yeah. and like we're that makes us better than everyone else and yeah. we have to lead by example do you do you guys know um uh jonathan metzel's uh dying of whiteness I don't. That sounds very familiar, though. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. It's a okay. book about how, like, working class and, like, lower class white voters in, like, rural America will actively vote for... It's it's sort of like a controversial book, but he's, like, basically advocating for the idea that they will actively vote for policies that hurt them in hmm. order to maintain, like, a sense of white superiority. Like, a third of the book is dedicated to, like, healthcare policy, and he's interviewing a lot of these people in, like, the South and the Midwest, and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't want, like, welfare queens and Mexicans, like, you know, having healthcare and stuff like that. So they're, like, actively willing to kill themselves, like, if they have, like, chronic illnesses and stuff like that in order to preserve some sense of superiority. It's a really good read. Like, people have, like, a lot of, like, controversial opinions hmm. on it. Hmm. I personally liked it. Um, I, it resonated with me. Yeah. I'd recommend it. I'll check it out, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. good. It's, it's about... um. He does healthcare, he does gun control laws, and then there's a third one that I'm forgetting right now. Huh. And that's, like, the whole book. I'll definitely check it out, because I'm looking for, like, a good, juicy academic read yeah. that's, like, challenge that challenges me, and I'm like, okay. So I was going to say, you brought up a good point, Isabel, about, like, well, I think we we kind of brought it up collectively about the concept of, like, American exception, mm-hmm. uh, exceptionalism. Yeah, I just put a name um, to it. No, I, that, I feel like that, that sounds right. To, that sounds about right. Like, that's a good way of describing yeah. it, at least from my point of view. Yeah, but I, I was wondering, so it seems like that that's very much a part of the whole Republican agenda. Do you feel like that bleeds into the Democratic agenda as well, at least with this race, or not really? It does slightly, especially with, like, the centrists, with going back to, like, the Medicare for those who want it. Yeah. It's like, it, the, yeah. it's like the Hillary Clinton quote from 2016 when she was like, America's great because America's good. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. So- which sounds like it was, first of all, ripped, like, directly from, like, a Pete Buttigieg speech. But, like, <laughs> secondly, like, <laughs> just sort of, like, exemplifies the idea where it's like, oh, we're doing everything right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. And I think, yeah, and then the people who see a different path for the future like bernie they're being labeled as wrong and and radical yeah and, right, and yeah, like yeah. out of their minds and yeah. everything so yeah it's, it's like it's very sad because it's so yeah. it's so deeply ingrained yeah i think i think capitalism is like and like privatized industry is like a tenet of like what makes the u.s the u.s mm-hmm. um, definitely and so Absolutely. when people try and contest that like there's usually like a lot of pushback and like uh denying of like legitimacy to like political ideas that that don't even necessarily like bernie does not necessarily reject capitalism he just contests it Mm -hmm. um and even that is too far like the overton window in the u.s is so far to the right that like that feels like radical yeah which is really which is really disheartening for me for sure do you feel like america's deep 
love for capitalism combined with American exceptional exceptionalism puts us in like a positive feedback loop. Are we just doomed to repeat history over and over again? Do you feel like there's a way to break the cycle maybe this time around? So like the selection cycle. Uh and that's, these are really deep questions. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you could take your time. I have, just, I have some opinions on this, but I want to hear okay. what you These are first. just kind of. I I don't I, I don't have anything profound to say. I just my opinion is that uh, I'm just like leaning more towards this is like how it's gonna be. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Yeah. And I hate to yeah yeah I hate to hate to sound like <laughs> this. The pessimist. Yeah, but. I think personally, I have like I have like a slightly different take on it. Um, I good. think uh, <laughs> the U.S. doesn't like work for people right now, and I sort mm-hmm. of I've got like the base of this argument from. Uh, do you guys know ContraPoints? On, yes, on I love yeah. ContraPoints. So I got I'm like sort oh, of I love her. I'm like not stealing her argument. I'm sort of like modifying it a little bit, but yeah. like I am you know, talking about it. Like, America doesn't work for people in the sense that, like, you know, people on the right, you know, they want, like, an av- economic return to, like, the 80s under, like, Reaganism, right? Mm-hmm. They want, like, a social yeah. return to the 50s and Jim Crow and stuff like that, like, in terms <laughs> of moral standards. And But increasingly, the U.S. also doesn't work for the left, right? We're seeing candidates now who are, like, pretty mainstream, who are challenging ideas of capitalism being, like, the most, like, effective way of governing mm-hmm. things and laissez-faire mm-hmm. economics being, like, a viable, sustainable system. And so I think that within the next 30 years, something is going to happen that's going to fundamentally shift America. Because I think that especially with, you know, once the U.S. starts really feeling the effects of like climate change on the ground, it's going to come to a boiling point. I I don't know what that's going to look like, but I just I think that regardless of what happens in this election, that's going to sort of contribute to that process. I agree, actually. Now that at first I was kind of like, no hope, American exceptionalism will continue to perpetuate itself. (laughs) We're all doomed. But that's actually a really good point. There are probably other outside factors, especially with climate change, which yeah. you brought up. And I actually, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, I, considering... I guess oh, my, my biggest fear is that liberals and conservatives will go to eco-fascism instead of socialism. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's my fear when that whole thing happens god that'd yeah. be awful yeah. um oof jeez <laughs> yeah it's, it's a I, bit of a depressing like, timeline so either, <laughs> either way it's a dark and so i guess yeah. i guess i'm just as cynical as you in the sense where i'm like people, yeah. i don't have faith in people <laughs> to make the right decision about that the one thing i think will happen you did touch upon this before i think part will party realignment could probably occur yeah. As, as a result of the American, the view of American exceptionalism, because you do see that playing out, like you said, as both like this whole centrist and leftist push pull thing that's happening mm-hmm. right now within the Democratic yeah, Party. Yeah, tug of war. Um, yeah, yeah it's tug of war. And granted, this wouldn't be the first time that party realignment has happened. If you think about it, they literally you know, flipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it flipped like that, in the early twentieth yeah. century. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if. I don't think it would flip per se, like no, not no, a no, flip no, no. at all. But like, <laughs> there would be some. There no, will absolutely be, not. But there would be some sort of reorientation. There, yeah, yeah. it would be re- some reorientation. <laughs> oh, God, Christ! Imagine if we, like, twenty years from now, we're all like registered Republicans. <laughs> oh God! Oh my no. God! That'd be insane. I will say, oh, I do, I do like elephants more than donkeys. So, <laughs> so, so you know, aesthetics wise, that would yeah, be that's good. True. Oh my God! <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like there's anything that we didn't touch upon that you feel like is necessary or... Because I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground. We but, did, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. it branched of off... <laughs> yeah, definitely it branched off from just the candidates. Yeah. We talked about politics and we survived. Wow. And we didn't we didn't argue. And we no. just... We, 
we listened and <laughs> <laughs> which seems rare nowadays i'm proud of us yeah we're doing better than the politicians yes <laughs> Isabel, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of this course. was great. It was really fun. This was yeah. so much fun. This it was great. nice talking to you. Yes, this is great. Um, yeah, and this is Tea for Three, where we sip the tea and spill the deets. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Peace. Bye. <laughs>